Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of the Killing Time podcast and we have a special episode for you today. I'm going to be interviewing Tom Hanks and uh, Thomas Hanks is a student at the uh, Ohio State University. Um, it is not the actor, um, so I just want to make clear from the start that that is not who I'm interviewing. Um, interviewing somebody else, but um, I found uh, Thomas as I was going through uh, all of the, the Tom Hanks's I could find on Facebook to see if I could get an interview with a Tom Hanks, and maybe that can be a thing that we do, is we interview Tom Hanks, and then maybe one day we'll just happen to interview um, a famous uh, Tom Hanks, who knows? So, um, my guest today is named Thomas Hanks, and he's a student at The Ohio State University studying political science. Um, as someone who's also a political scientist myself, I'm looking forward to talking with him, so um, let's give him a call and see what's happening. Hey, this is Arch with the Killing Time Podcast. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm good. Um, so before we get started, I, I wanted to say we got connected because I really wanted to do an interview with Tom Hanks. And no offense, but uh, you weren't you weren't the first one that I had in mind. But you are a great sport about it, and you're willing to talk with me. So thank you for that. And um, are, are you at least a, no big deal? No big deal. Are you are you at least like a, a Tom Hanks fan at all? Yeah, 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 I am actually. Okay. Uh, any any favorite movies or anything? Uh, none in particular, but definitely the classics like Forrest Gump and uh, Castaway. Right, right. You know, I feel terrible because I've never actually seen Castaway, and there's a lot of movies of Tom Hanks I've never seen, so I really need to probably, you know, do some film watching before I actually. Yeah, I had a coworker. I had a coworker call me Wilson, and whenever they needed me, they would always go Wilson. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, so um, you grew up around Dayton, is that right? Oh yes, sir. Okay, cool. Um, so, were, were you in in Dayton, or were you one of the suburbs, or? Yeah, I actually lived around. I guess I've lived in some of the suburbs, and I lived in the actual city of Dayton. Oh, cool, awesome. Um, and then now, obviously, you're at Ohio, the Ohio State University. Sorry, right? Yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm actually a community college student who's transferring to Ohio State uh, next semester. So awesome. Okay, cool. I did the same thing with the. Uh, I transferred to Wright State, and I went to Sinclair for some courses, and it turned out really well for me. So the only the only thing about Sinclair was they wouldn't transfer the uh, they wouldn't transfer certain courses to Ohio State, so I ended up having to uh, go all the way through uh, Columbus State Community College because they transfer every course to Ohio State. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Which is just a big bureaucratic, big bunch of bureaucratic red tape. So I figured, you know, I'd try to get around the red tape as I can. Right. Right. Well, so what's keeping you busy during the pandemic, and what have you uh, not been able to do that you normally do? So during the pandemic, what has kept me busy is just writing, reading, and watching nothing but like documentaries on the History Channel, on crazy news, <laughs> on you know politics, just a little bit of everything. And what I've finally been able to do now that you know we have time, I've actually been able to clean up more. I've been able to kind of read more, you know, take take it all in and. It's also giving me a new sense of what's the word I'm looking for here. Giving me a new sense of what we take for granted every day and how it's just we shouldn't be taking certain things for granted, like you know, being able to shake hands with our friends, give family a hug, go to the grocery store and everything's full, you know what I mean? Right, right. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like, put things in perspective to <laughs> a lot. So Yeah, it's been a real eye-opener, and it's been a bit of a reality check. Yeah. Well, so how, um, so are, are you, you are taking courses right now then, too? Yes, sir. So how's that going with the, I assume it's all online. Yeah, it's completely online. It's actually been going great because I've been able to focus more, I guess, than I would be in a lecture hall of like 50 to 60 people. Oh, yeah. Now that it's just me, you know, sitting down actually being able to read through things. Right. I kind of like... The only thing I miss about it, though, is having that professor up there to kind of keep you accountable and keep you, you know... Right. Keep you busy. Yep. I'm kind of excited because I... I don't know if you saw that Harvard is offering courses online for free, so I... Yeah, 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 I did see that. That's pretty cool. I, I started taking this one on Hindu scriptures just this morning, and it's pretty interesting so far. Okay, what on earth is Hindu scriptures? It looks kind of interesting from the photo I saw. Yeah, it's so it's all about, like, the... Uh, now I'm trying to remember some of the terms I just read this morning, but uh, <laughs> the... Uh, what is it? The Dharma Shastra, I think, and the the Veda. Is it Vedas? Maybe. I'm terrible. Uh, I'm really out of practice when it comes to being a student. <laughs> but I mean, and for someone that used to be a teacher, I'm sure that you're kind of in your element there with uh, online classes. Where did you uh, Where did you teach again? I was a teacher at the Dayton Regional STEM School. Yeah, I knew a bunch of people who went to STEM. I heard it was like one of the best schools in the area. So. Oh yeah, I loved it um, as a teacher, and I I've talked to a lot of former students, and they've they've all been really impressive in terms of what they've done and you know gone on to do since graduating. So I I feel like it's definitely a good school. Yeah, I wanted to go there in high school, but parents wouldn't let me because it was kind of far off from home. So yeah, that's the downside is you gotta either live in a district that provides busing, or you gotta you know the parents have to take them, and that's that's kind of the downside, I guess. Yeah. But, um, so what's your next? So what's your next question? I'm kind of eager to answer everything you want to know. Absolutely. Well, so tell me, why did you uh, decide on political science? What's what's the drive there? I don't know exactly. I just love politics. I don't know why, <laughs> but just the struggle for power in Washington really, really interests me for whatever reason. So you're really interested in U.S. politics specifically, then? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. And. It sounded like, correct me if I'm wrong, um, it sounds like you're maybe kind of libertarian. Is that accurate? Or how would you describe yourself? I would describe myself as a conservative libertarian. I'm more of the do what you want as long as you're not hurting other people. But at the same time, I shouldn't have to pay healthy. I don't, I don't want to say this because it's a family show. Sure. It's I, don't okay. want to pay, I don't want to pay out my behind in taxes. You know what I'm saying? I want to keep a little more of my money while people, are, while people can do what they want. Right. And that's, uh, I mean, I, so I used to be pretty libertarian. I, I kind of went, you know, politically from, I grew up in a very like conservative household and it was like religiously conservative as well. And then, um, I, you know, kind of became more libertarian and then now I'm way over on the left as like a democratic socialist. So I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've kind of changed a lot. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty far left these days. So, um, but I've had, you know, communists on the show even. So, um, so I, I like to try to get as many different people from different perspectives as I can. So. I mean, me personally, I would describe it as I'm to the right of Bernie, but I'm to the left of Richard Spencer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's 
uh, pretty scary individual to me. So. Yeah, he's a not he's not a good person at all. No. Um, well, so um, what is it about like kind of the libertarian? I, I, I know that you know don't want to like pay for you know expenses for other people, but what what also attracts you to that kind of ideology? I guess. I guess just you know the idea of very minimal government, if possible, minimal if any government, I should say. I just don't like the idea of the government being able to intrude in the lives of average Americans. Is it from a uh, like a religious perspective at all, or is it mostly just kind of like liberty, kind of as a concept, is something that's really important to you? Yeah, the concept of liberty is extremely important to me. I mean, in 2016, if I could vote, I probably would have voted for Donald Trump just because he he made the most sense to me. I guess out of uh, if it was either him or Hillary, he made the most sense. If yeah. You get what I'm saying, but yeah. Um. Well, so. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think about his recent tweets to liberate, like, certain states from, like, uh, what was it, Michigan and Minnesota and stuff he was tweeting about? Yeah, I think he tweeted that about Virginia as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I don't think we should be living in fear, but at the same time, we've also kind of got to be careful, I guess, to make sure people don't, people aren't still getting sick. And if people are still getting sick, hey, at least we know, at least we know more than we did on March 1st. Right. Right. And that's, I, I was wondering how I had this conversation with someone else on the show, I think about, you know, when I was a libertarian, I think I would be, um, I would be concerned about the freedoms that we're essentially giving up right now. You know, like, um, I don't know if that concerns you at all or not. Yeah. I'm extremely, yeah, I'm extremely concerned about that. And what really concerns me about it is how people are so willing to give up their rights to the government because, because they're scared. Yeah. They're saying, Oh, a little bit of, Oh, a little bit of freedom is essential to a little bit of security. Well, if you ask me, it's more, if you're willing to give up freedom for security, you don't deserve either. So, I'm always curious, um, so what do you, what do you uh, stand on, like, military spending? Because that was one thing for me as a libertarian that I was really not a huge fan of, that I feel like is there. there's some uh, crossover between them and a lot of people on the left about, military spending and I'm, I'm just curious what you think about that and like all of our actions overseas well we we need a powerful military yes but do we need to be spending as much as we are on it absolutely not yeah and i would me personally i would also support ending all foreign engagements right now and bringing the troops home really okay mm-hmm. and what uh just because like we we shouldn't be spending that money or because we shouldn't be intervening or both or I mean, in Afghanistan, the job's done. We had Osama bin Laden. The Taliban, Taliban government has been rooted out. Why are we still over there? Well, yeah, I don't know if it is now. <laughs> it seems like... Uh, I should say the government that was ruling the country and that harbored Osama bin Laden at that point, they've right. been rooted out. Osama bin Laden has been captured and killed. We've killed, I think, we've killed a substantial number of uh, Al-Qaeda, of Al-Qaeda's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Of Al-Qaeda's uh, big, uh, big guys. So... The job's done. We got to come home. Right. Well, so what do you think is going to happen uh, for for 2020, um, both like in the primaries and in the general? I mean, obviously, I know not not so much the primaries now, but um, I'm, I'm curious, I guess, what you think is going to happen within each electorate? Like what what facets of each of these uh, parties are going to actually turn out to vote for the Republicans and the Democrats? 
Creepy Uncle Joe is what I'm going to call him. Creepy Uncle Joe appeals to the average American. Not the average American, but he appeals to the person that wants to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. While Donald Trump appear, appeals to the guy that, you know, is sick of sick of normal in Washington, you have to get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump appeals to the guy who's been laughed at in Hollywood, who's been treated by crack. People do not forget the way, people, people don't forget the way they were treated, especially by politics. Right. So... I really see Donald Trump getting a second term, mostly because people people are tired of being treated the way that the way that they were, especially by these type liberals like the ones in Hollywood. Not you, obviously, but certain Bernie voters would say, "Oh, who goes to rural America?" Right. I feel like that's so, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, a motivating factor for sure. Um, so, yeah, I definitely see Donald Trump getting a second term. I would I would love to disagree with you, but I <laughs> I don't think I can. Um, and a lot of it has to do. I don't. Do you follow the Democratic uh, you know race much? Uh, yes, I do actually. But so, we pr- I'm trying to stay as neutral as I can until we get to the election. Oh, okay, I got you. Well, I mean, what do you? Who do you think is going to turn out for Joe? I guess like is it is is he going to be able to get the coalition he needs? I don't think he's going to be able to get the coalition he needs, mostly because people are kind of angry at the Democratic National Convention for uh, the way they treated Bernie both times, 2016 and 2020. So I don't think people are going to turn out for Joe as much as uh, they would turn out for Bernie or for someone a little more exciting like Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren. See, I feel like his Democratic or his uh, VP pick is going to be really important. And um, I'm not sure they'll who would be the best for helping kind of shore up that, you know, that leg of the party. Uh, Do you have any thoughts? I'm thinking it might be someone, he says he wants to nominate a woman. So I'm thinking it might be someone like Amy Klobuchar or Stacey Abrams or Elizabeth Warren. So see, I feel like Stacey Abrams or even Elizabeth Warren would help. But I, I think Amy Klobuchar would just be kind of a slap in the face to all those Bernie people. Yeah, she would be a real slap in the face, in my opinion, mostly because, you know, hey, Bernie was talking about a lot of these ideas long before Amy Klobuchar became a household name. So. Right. Well, she's pretty moderate, too. Like, she's just not, she doesn't excite the people on the left, I don't think. Yeah, she's pretty milk toast, if you ask me. Yeah. What about uh, at the state level? Do you see anything happening there? Uh, I see this being a pretty routine election for a... Uh, the state level anyway yeah um do you think ohio is i mean i know there's all this debate now about where you know is ohio blue or red or purple or and a lot of people are saying it's it's red do you think it's just even worth my my fear is that we're going to get a lot less attention this round i guess and i'm wondering yeah i see ohio being purple if you get what i'm saying because Mm -hmm. we've got the because rural ohio controls our politics Mm -hmm. you could go you could go maybe about six miles east of Dayton and it'd be a Republican stronghold and then go maybe five miles into inner city Dayton and it's blue territory, you know what I'm saying? So right. I see us being really purple. Okay. Well, yeah, I, that's one thing I don't know if it's... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Everybody's talking about how it's not as, as purple as it used to be and maybe we're not going to get as much um, attention in the uh, general election as uh, we have in the past, but I feel like... At least from the Democrats, they definitely need Ohio. Um, so I was genuinely shocked in 2016 to see that Montgomery County went for Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, considering most of Montgomery County's voters are concentrated in the city of Dayton, I don't see how they 
I generally don't see, except unless somehow, you know, people, voters from the suburbs turned out in record numbers for him. I don't see how a typically Democratic stronghold went for Donald Trump like that. Well, even in, I mean, I live in Walnut Hills. I don't know if you're familiar with that area, um, but it's, you know, it's like close to like Tank's restaurant, if you've ever been there. Uh, it's not far from UD, uh, but it's a lot of working. Yeah, I know exactly where Walnut Hills is. Okay, yeah, so it's it's a lot of working class people. There's a lot of uh, refugees that live in this neighborhood as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, and um, but even here, I've seen quite a few Trump signs, so... Um, I mean, Trump does appeal to the working class American. Okay, consider this. Dayton was the home of GM for many, many, many years. Right. People haven't forgotten the fact that they moved down to Mexico. Yeah. Donald Trump says something to the accord of, we're going to bring our jobs back to the United States, and he stops some sort of anger at General Motors for moving those jobs to Mexico. Right. Of course, some of those working class voters are going to flock to that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another reason I kind of see why Montgomery County went to Trump. So, Well, that's I, I think that's absolutely right. I was talking to a strategist like before the last election, and he was saying that they were spending all their times um, reaching out to union members. And that's who they courted and they, they got them, you know, like the a lot of the union members uh, switched parties and they went over to Trump. And I think, that, and my thinking is also, remember the shoe incident when he had the rally at the airport a few years ago and some guy tried to rush the stage? <laughs> yes. I think that pissed enough people off to vote for him anyway. Really? That? You think? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wow. think that may have pissed enough people off to kind of get him his base mobilized in Dayton. Yeah, that is one thing I wish that people on the left, especially right now, like, um, I'm really worried that... Um, so the conversation, it seems like, within the Democratic electorate is the, the Bernie supporters and the people on the far left are saying, we're not voting for Biden. And the people who are um, pushing for, like, you know, unity and everything on the Democratic side are not really doing it in a way <laughs> that is going to convince anybody, hey, let me switch part or, you know, let me let me go ahead and support Biden this time. And um, I, I've. I'm really worried that their their rhetoric, I guess, is is driving people in the opposite direction. You know, one thing I would really like to see Donald Trump do is apologize for being such a jackass on during the 2016 campaign. I think that could be a I think that could be a real step to getting, I guess, some Democrats to kind of switch sides. Because I've heard some people that's all some people want is just want to apologize. You know, I, do you think I he think will though? Like, I can't see that happening. No, I, I don't see that happening. Okay. It's just kind of a pipe dream. But <laughs> right. I wouldn't mind seeing that because I think that could get some people uh, to switch sides and vote for him. Because they like his ideas, they just don't like the way he articulates his ideas. Right. Well, so I'm curious, too, what impact. I, I really have no idea. I was listening to a, a Wright State professor did a talk the other day about the impact of you know, COVID-19 on the election and it was a lot of unknowns. And I'm curious, what what do you, how do you think it's going to have an impact? I think a lot of votes are probably going to be late, especially because of uh, mail-in. Yeah. If we uh, switch, if we have to switch to an all mail-in system, a lot of votes are going to be late and they're not going to be counted in time. So could we see, possibly see a repeat of uh, 2000 or? Mm Mm-hmm. And do you think though that, I mean, see the economy is tanking, but obviously Everybody understands why, so I, I feel like that's 
a difference than in the pat where like you can clearly point to hey this is why the economy's tanking um so i don't know if that means that trump gets some more sympathy or if people are going to be like it doesn't matter the economy's tanking so i want a new president um no, I mean, if we're being honest, I think it would be kind of stupid to abandon to abandon this president and his economy for something that was completely out of his control. We were not anticipating this when he was first sworn in on January 20th, 2017. So I would be kind of stupid to just abandon him like that over something that was completely out of his control. Right. I'm, yeah, that's the thing to me, too, is like I can't figure out who the voter would be that would say I'm switching parties because, you know, COVID-19 happened. Um, so... I'm kind of leaning towards there's not going to be a huge effect one way or another, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't see some sort of deflection occurring, not at all. Yeah. Um, but one thing I do see is I, I do see some something something to be a court if you're in Dayton, the uh, natural disaster that happened on that last Memorial Day having an effect on the election. A lot of federal aid hasn't been seen yet. I don't think they've, uh, I don't even think FEMA has uh, been to trial with yet, have they? I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. So I was going to say, people aren't going to forget that. People aren't going to forget the fact that they felt abandoned by the government when they absolutely needed government help. Right. So that that could also cause some people uh, in Montgomery County to deflect from Trump to the uh, Democratic candidate, whoever it may be. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. So it'll be uh, interesting for sure either way. Interesting. Interesting times. Interesting times. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so what are you, uh, or any other, uh, politics stuff you want to talk about? I, I should open it up to you. I don't really have anything, uh, I don't really have anything on my mind right now. Okay. <laughs> Relaxing, enjoying the weekend, kind of taking a break from the whole political thing right now. Nice. Are you doing anything to relax with like, uh, books or podcasts or any TV recommendations you got? Yeah, it's absolutely a TV recommendation. Okay. I just said I'm taking a break from uh, the politics things, but uh, The West Wing is one of my favorite uh, TV shows on Netflix right now. So oh, I yeah. I that for anybody who's listening. So you're a, you're a big West Wing fan? I am. I am, yes. See, that surprises me because I wouldn't think that uh, Bartlett would be your kind of president. No, he wouldn't be my kind of president, but it's this is technically what's going to pay the bills for me someday, so I figured, you know, developing some sort of appreciation for it kind of important right now you know absolutely yeah i got another recommendation for you if you're liking uh the politics stuff have you ever seen um the thick of it no i haven't it's like a it's a bbc show and it's hilarious it's like uh it just follows around these like cabinet ministers in uh in the uk and just it just kind of it's almost like the Office meets West Wing, kind of, is how I would describe it. And it's pretty good, so I would definitely check that out. I think it's on Hulu. But, and um, one, thing, one more thing I would recommend to all your listeners before we uh, part ways here is stay kind, stay safe, stay aware, wash your hands. Absolutely. Stay home if you don't have to go out. Yeah, for sure. I, wanna, I, want, I want my summer, so stay home. <laughs> I agree. I should be uh, I should be traveling overseas for work right now, so I'm, I'm kind of bummed. Uh, but I'm hoping maybe it'll get rescheduled. Who knows? So yeah, I, I personally see everything going everything going back to normal before the year is over. So maybe it'll be rescheduled. Never know. Yeah. So, well, any other uh, recommendations like books or podcasts or anything? I do have I do have one book recommendation. Yeah. The art of the deal. The art of the deal by our president. 
Okay. What are you learning from that? I'm definitely learning, you know, some of his, uh, I'm learning where he gets some of his style, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like why he's so brash or why he's so aggressive. Interesting. I mean, in the new business scene, you can't afford to be nice, so. Interesting. Okay, cool. I should, I have not read that, so I should probably check it out sometime. Oh. Please do. It's, uh, please do. You might learn, you might learn a few things. Yeah. Like, like. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking the time and being a great sport and talking with me. It's uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, Rita, Rita and I are doing just fine. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Cool. Well, thanks, man, and good all luck right, with your yeah. Good luck with all your classes and everything. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was my interview with Thomas Hanks, student at uh, the Ohio State University. Hope you enjoyed, and um, uh, I think that you know, even though uh, uh, even though he's coming from a libertarian bent, uh, I definitely it sounds like he he sees the importance as well of uh, making sure that you're staying home and uh, washing your hands, doing all the stuff that uh, wearing your masks, doing all the stuff that the uh, health professionals are telling us to do. So um, I. I always like when I can actually just have a political conversation with someone that I disagree with civilly. So um, I really appreciate him taking the time to talk with me, and um, I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, maybe if you know another Tom Hanks, then uh, you could you could get them to come on the show as well, and we can just interview a bunch of Tom Hanks and see uh, how they're doing. And um, and who knows? Maybe one day we'll get to talk to uh, the uh, the Tom Hanks. Who knows? So. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care, everybody.